Hi, I'm Georgia, and welcome to Faith and Friends. I'm so glad that you decided to join me in my conversation today. Together, we're going to laugh, maybe cry, and use this time to grow stronger in our faith while hanging out with some really awesome humans. My prayer is that these conversations spark a deepening of your faith, and your soul truly feels refreshed. always tells me I should, so I better. What if God's disappointed because I forgot to read, blah, blah, blah. And so sometimes reading the Bible wasn't fun. Sometimes it was like, I'm trying to make sure God's not mad. I'm trying to make sure he's not. Mm. And then other times, even when I didn't feel that way, sometimes I would read it and I just didn't get it. Or the words would kind of pass by, like I'm watching a movie or Netflix binge. I don't know if you ever watch a show and you're like, wait, what just happened? I feel like I need to rewind because I <laughs> zoned out and didn't even realize I was zoning out. And so I did that with a Bible reading. And so then I would say about five or six years ago, I finally learned some tools for reading the Bible beyond just literally reading it. I didn't know there's more you can do besides just read the word. And when I learned how to do that, I feel like I finally stopped watching it like a movie. And I say that I used to read the Bible like I watched a movie. And now I read the Bible the way I eat a piece of cake, which is bite by bite. And I'm going, yum. Wow. Is that, is that, uh, you know, Madagascar vanilla I'm tasting here right now? You know, I'm, I'm way more savoring it. I'm enjoying it a lot more. And so being equipped with how to study the Bible literally changed my life. I just needed more tools than just read it. And it has made me love Bible reading so much. So within, I'm thinking like a week of me learning these tools, I made a bunch of girls from our youth group. And um, my husband's a student pastor at the time. So I made some girls from our youth group and I made some other leaders come over and I was like, get over here now. I learned some new stuff and I have to tell you about it. And I just kept doing that. I kept doing that. And I still do that. If anyone's like, oh, I don't really know what to do when I read the Bible. I'm like, get over here. Come here right now. Because you, I have to tell you, I was so excited to tell you because it was so transformative for me. Yeah. And so being able to do this Bible study, the main point of this Bible study is to do that, is to help girls understand how to read the Bible. Because when you have more tools than just reading it, it's way easier to like it. So that's what the subtitle is, how to study the Bible and like it. Because when you know how to do a thing, it's a lot easier to like it. I've been noticing my kids, they wanted to roller skate. Somebody gifted us some roller skates. They put them on, they fell down immediately. And they're like, I don't like roller skating. Mm. But I'm like, I bet you do. You don't know how. But once you know how, you're going to love it. So for some of us, reading the Bible is like that. We read it, we're overwhelmed. We feel like we're just falling down and getting hurt and uh, skinning our knees, but when we know how, we can really enjoy it. So that is kind of my story about reading and um, the heart behind the study. Man, y'all, this is Caroline Saunders, and she's a queen. <laughs> she is so fun. Literally, you started from putting, like, loose-leaf paper in a binder and being like, this is, this is, this is it. This is how you can study God's word. Is that where it started when you started bringing girls over is here's a binder. Cause I remember yeah. following you 
And this was over a year ago. I was following you and I was like, wow, like how to study the Bible and like all the underlining and the boxing, all these yeah, things. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. And that's how you literally take your fork and dive in with every layer. And I love that. Oh, that's right. Oh, and like, I remember, <laughs> Caroline, I was on a mission trip. We were going to Boston and I was reading Women of the Word. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to shoot my shot. I said, I'm just going to DM Caroline and tell her that she's just inspiring me with her posts and that I'm reading this book and I'm just thinking about her. And I messaged you and you messaged me back. And I felt like I was just, you know, Julie Andrews in the queen of Genovia. I felt like royalty (laughs) being able to, to talk to you. And then you were doing a breakout session about how to study God's word at the Lifeway Girls Conference last year. And then I was like, game over. Here she is in the flesh, teaching God's word. And you know what? Was that when you got to play with all those puppies? Yes. Wasn't that a fun day? It was so fun. It was so fun. And you just crushed it. You were just pure sunshine. I feel like you might like be secretly a Disney princess. Does anyone ever tell you that? I, guess what? One time, Caroline, I got to be a Disney princess for the Chick-fil-A daddy-daughter ball, and I got to be Ariel for a day. You're like, well, this is my bucket list. It's totally complete. It was. want more than that. Chick-fil-A and be a Disney princess? Are you kidding? It was double blessed because you got princesses (laughs) and God's chicken right there. Oh, it was so fun. And so literally I have just admired you for, for so long. Like as long as I've known you and followed you, like truly to know you is to love you because you love God so much. And so would you just like give us a little sneak peek of this little study that's coming out this week? Sure. And and thank you so much for saying that, George. I'm so like, I love what you're doing with your life and how passionate you are about the Lord. This Bible study, so it's based on, or the, the goal is to teach girls how to study the Bible, but I don't just tell them how, I'm, I'm also trying to show them how. Mm. So in order to do more showing than telling, we actually put all of the tools into play by deep, by deep diving Psalm 63. Ooh. And Psalm 63 is this really, really rich psalm that was probably written by King David when he is escaping his son Absalom. So lots of drama. A couple weird parts in the psalm, one where David is saying that God is going to feed his enemies to jackals and stuff like that. And it was, you know, so chill. It was very important to me to pick a psalm that has some weird stuff in it, because that's another hang up that we have when we, when we study the Bible is you inevitably get to something so crazy and you think, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? But there's actually a lot of tools that you can do to help untangle something that's super weird. So we deep dive into Psalm 63. We do not sidestep anything weird. And we apply all these tools. There's like a a recipe that I teach. And then Lord willing, after girls are done with this study, they're able to take that recipe and apply it to any passage in the Bible that they want to study. Because that is really what I'm the most interested in, is not creating a study that will make girls think they always have to have a Bible study that they're doing, Mm. but to equip them for a lifelong study of the Bible. That's really what I want to do. I want, I want girls to, if, if all the Bible studies in the world vanished and all they had left left was that book, I wanted them, I want them to feel like it's accessible and they know how to dive into it. 
That's so good. And that's something that I've heard a lot of leaders say is like, go study scripture. Like there could be all these Bible studies out there and those are great tools. Like those are great forks and sporks and, Mm. you know, (laughs) spoons to, to dive in. But truly like the cake is scripture. Like that's the whole meal. Like that's the buffet that's never going to run dry. It's like the golden corral where they're just always putting so many foods out there that you can just dive into. That's so fun. I'm actually reading Psalms right now. So I'm really excited to read your study. Yes, that would be great. There's so many strange things you're probably going to encounter in the Psalms. It's, It's so helpful and so wonderful. And then sometimes you're like, what is happening? Are we even allowed to say that? <laughs> I know. And I've noticed like, this is just so weird. I've noticed Caroline when I'm praying, like it, like my tone has like shifted a little bit in the way that I'm praying because I've been reading all these Psalms. Like for a while, Caroline, when I was watching Downton Abbey, I was noticing <laughs> I was like all prim and proper in my prayers because I was Hilarious. like praying with a British accent. I was like, dear Lord, <laughs> I don't even know how to do a British accent. <laughs> Just my Southern came out. But then when I'm reading the Psalms, I'm like, Lord, my rock and my salvation. Wow. Near to me, please save me. That is like perfect evidence that whatever we are near, we kind of become like that. I was just telling some women yesterday that I've noticed this about my son, Amos. He's about to turn one in just a couple days, actually. But he always has at least one or two pieces of my long hair attached to him. Always. And sometimes when my husband has carried him, I'll notice he'll smell like my husband's cologne. Mm-hmm. And I've just realized this is the nature of being carried is that you come away with pieces of the carrier. So when you're being carried by God's word, you're coming away with pieces of it. It's impacting your voice and the way you say things. And that is beautiful. That is so powerful. I have goosebumps. That is so sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a it's such a fun reminder. I've I've loved every time picking up Amos and saying that stuff and thinking like, man, God, I want to be carried like this by you, so that I come away more loving, more patient, um, all the fruit of the spirit, you know, all those things that that they we can't produce them in ourselves, but when we are clinging to the Lord and He's carrying us, we'll just naturally come away with pieces of it. So I love that that you can even tell in your prayers what you've been putting in. That is so neat. So fun. One thing that's also fun is your Instagram bio. I love that it says, taking Jesus seriously and not much else. Yeah, that's super important to me because sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like when we want to be so serious about Jesus, we end up getting serious about everything in the world. And that can kind of be anti-gospel because when I'm taking myself so seriously, Sometimes it means I forget the freedom that I have in the gospel, or I forget that it's, you know, I'm actually not the one in charge. So I don't have to be so serious about everything, or I'm not the one who can save other people. God is the savior. So there's so many things I get to be a little bit more unserious about. And then also it's just joyful, you know, it's just fun. And we, and we forget sometimes that joy is part of the fruit of the spirit. And, mm-hmm. and the Proverbs 31 woman laughs at the days to come. She doesn't, try to schedule them meticulously on her calendar and obsess over everything in the future. She laughs at the day to come because she knows that God is holding her and God is holding her future. And so it just leaves a lot of space to chill out a little bit. And I think that's important. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is. And honestly, 2019 me would show you my calendar and it would be full to the brim. And 2020 me has learned how to laugh. So I feel like that's we're, exactly right. We're doing good. <laughs> Maybe that is the big lesson of 2020 is we're all just like, I don't even know, y'all. I don't even know. Let's just laugh at the days to come because we can't plan anything. Truly. And honestly, Carolyn, I've been so grateful for that. And at the end yeah. of every day, I'm like, God, thank you for just today and letting me just be with you. Because other than that, I don't know anything, but it's fine. I don't need to. You don't tell me that I need to know everything. I just need to know you. And I just want to eat right. that cake and just study your word because it's so good. Like, sister, I just am really hungry now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I hope that, yeah, that's what I, I really hope girls come away with that kind of sensation from this study because I remember reading Psalm 119 and the psalmist says things like your word is sweeter than honey and all this stuff and I was always like what is he talking about I just thought this was like pretty spiritual things to say and it didn't make a lot of sense to me and then finally when I understood how to really digest God's word I was like it actually does it, it's delicious it's sweeter than honey it's not just good for us like broccoli and vegetables are good for us it tasted like mm -hmm. cheesecake it's delicious it's a delight to our souls it's life to our bones so I really want girls to be able to like the like the bible to taste and see that the lord is good mm -hmm. all these things that you're saying and that just I can't imagine anything better and it it does change everything it's changed my entire life and I wish I honestly wish I understood that sooner. And I know God's timing is perfect. And I know that all things work together for those who love him. But high school me needed this. You know, like college me is not high school me. And I'm so thankful for that. But if I would have dove into the goodness and truly the sweeter than honey, alive and active word, that's why I'm just so passionate about this and so thankful that you're just saying yes to him because all our friends listening, it's just, it truly changes everything. And that's why we can't be quiet about it. And that's why all these words just come off our lips sweeter than honey, because that's what's in our heart. Yeah. Preach it, girl. You better preach. Sorry, I'm just very, <laughs> very passionate about this. But with laughing about all this and truly not knowing about tomorrow, how do you not take life so seriously. What is something that you do besides laughing? Well, there's a lot of surrendering. Um, sometimes when I realize I'm taking life too seriously, it's usually because there's some kind of sin in my life that I haven't repented of, mm. or it could be because I'm obsessively trying to control something that God did not design to be within my control which would be a sin also. And it, it just means I would need time to time to ask God to reveal what that is to me and repent of it. Because I can tell I'm starting to take myself too seriously. Maybe when I'm obsessing over what somebody else thinks of me, mm. or maybe I had a weird encounter and I can't quit thinking about it. And I just keep wanting to text them and make sure that they like me or something like that. Yeah. That's when I'm taking myself too seriously because I'm concerned with fear of man rather than fear of God. And I've got to say, you know, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me, anything in me that grieves you and lead me in the way everlasting. What's beautiful about that, that last part, lead me in the way everlasting is that we know God will take us on a path to life. And when I can feel it, when I'm on a path to death, and that's when I'm leading. Mm. 
you know, and, and it doesn't bear anything beautiful or life-giving in my heart. I'm, I'm too serious about myself. I'm too unserious about the Lord. And I can feel it like even in, even in my face, even in my expression. And so I think taking the time to ask God, is there anything in me that grieves you? Cause sometimes I can't tell right away. It's, it's mm. easy for us to not be able to recognize where we're sinning or where we're not trusting God. So when we invite him to expose it, mm-hmm. he will, and then we can repent. And then we are led back on the path everlasting, which is exactly where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Anything else is too hard. That's so good. And such a good reminder. And it's, it's sometimes so hard to take that first step to acknowledge like, okay, something's wrong. I need to take this right. to the father because I can't do this on my own. But once we get on our knees and just humble ourselves before him, he takes that and he runs with it and he says, okay, here we go. This is what you need to do. And I see you and I'm going to take care of you. Just keep seeking me. And so that was a really good reminder. Well, I probably needed it. I'm thinking even today, I'm like, oh man, God, you're going to have to search my heart. That's something we just got to ask him for every day. Cause I don't know about you, but I struggle with being self-aware mm-hmm. and I struggle to, you know, if, if somebody says that I've done something wrong, I'm immediately defensive and I'm really good at like marketing and rebranding what I did and being like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Like, let me put on my marketing hat and, and spin it so that it doesn't look so bad. Um, and that is just the path to death. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I have to ask the Lord to help me be honest, you know, help me see and help me be honest about the actual sin in my life and, and to humble myself and repent rather than being obsessed with not being wrong. It's really easy to do that. Yeah, it is. And that's something, honestly, I needed to hear all this too, because even yesterday, like living with my brother is very interesting and trying (laughs) to like be a friend and also a sister and then, Mm -hmm. you know, like give him his space and he has his side of the house and us girls have ours. And then, you know, living with two of my friends that we all have different sense of fashion, how things should be placed in in a kitchen. It's like, okay, I need to take a step back. And if someone is upset, maybe it's not at me and I don't need to get all defensive. And I just need to take a step back and let myself out of this situation and look at it from another perspective instead of, like you said, rebranding and being like, oh, well, you know, that's not what I meant. The power of just saying, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, I've learned so much about that. And even yesterday, I was trying to kind of mom my brother. Don't do that. Like, like he is 18 years old and I am 21. It's like, don't tell him to go eat lunch. He can do that whenever he needs to. <sighs> you know what? I, I can tell myself the same thing with my husband because I get in my house. I get very mom mode because obviously there's three kids here that need a mom. I'm in mom mode. So sometimes he'll accidentally, he'll, he won't accidentally, I'll accidentally step into that with him mm-hmm. and I'll be like put your put your shoes up you know or something that's, that's very momish and I can see the look on his face immediately of like uh <laughs> <laughs> like thanks a lot because I don't like it either if he's you know if he talks to me like he's my parent um that's really hard and you have to just be like oh I'm sorry I was in mom mode and that was unkind and I should not have talked to you like that but man it's tough Living with people, man, that'll bring out all the sin, all of it. 
For sure. And I think it's so funny too, because at my age, all the girls are like, oh, I just can't wait to get married. And a lot of people think that would solve their problem. But yeah. really, that's why we need to just like get with get with our Jesus first and know him so then we can step For into sure. this. You know what? Because I did. I thought marriage was a finish line. I was like, we get to that. We're going to be home free. And instead, I'm like, what? I got to like see all my sin all the time and see all your sin all the time. And we got to keep repenting and we have to keep seeking Jesus. Like, this is a lot of work. And it's mm-hmm. good work. And, and most of the time, it's fun. But yeah, I definitely thought of it as a finish line. But, you know, God's will for our lives is sanctification. He wants to shape us more in his image. And so there's no coasting, you know, it's not like he's like, yeah, get them married and then they can just coast on in and not never have to deal with their sin and never have to repent and never have to um, lay down, you know, their will for my will. But we got to do that all the time. So, man, the the finish line is heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't wait, sister. I know. I know. We're so tired. But yeah, no, I'm with you. No, and sanctification is one of my favorite words ever. At first, I was like, this is such a big and churchy word. Didn't know how to spell it and didn't know what it meant. But it's just truly the process of becoming more like Jesus. And like you said a second ago is really this is a daily thing. I used to think that I could just go to church on Sunday and I'd be like, okay, check that off my box. Let's go next Sunday. I'm excited. But someone told me this one time and it's stuck with me. They said... You don't just eat one meal a week. You eat multiple times every day. So if you're only eating on Sunday morning, bro, you're going to be so starving next Sunday, (laughs) you know, looking in all the wrong places for food. And so that's why we need to truly see that God's word is better than life. And we need to study his word and we can like it. That's right. And you know that God, what, what's neat to think about is that God created our bodies exactly like that. He, he could have made it where we only needed to eat on Sundays, but he didn't make it that way. He made it where we've got to eat all the time, all mm. the time. And then very intentionally in his word, he compares God's word. God's word is compared to food a lot. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to that, but I, I'm wondering if that's why I use food metaphors constantly, but it's in there all the time. And, and that's all by design because God wants us to remember oh, I'm hungry. My body is hungry. My soul is also hungry. It's in need of nourishment. I can't just, you know, binge on Sundays and expect to be a spiritually growing and nourished person. It's just, that's not how it works with our bodies and that's not how it works with our souls. So I think that is such a smart analogy. So to our friend that's 15, 14, maybe even 21 and saying, Caroline, I haven't even ever learned how to study the Bible before. I have one. I got it for a birthday, a Christmas, a confirmation, a graduation, but it's just been sitting on my shelf. Where would you tell them to start? Well, I would say that if you're just, if you're just wanting to flip open and start reading somewhere, a very accessible book is the book of John. The Gospel of John, the story of Jesus, it's it's written so vibrantly. I think that's a really easy book to read. And then you can also start paying attention to a couple of things that you can do beyond reading so that you don't fall into that trap where you're just watching the words go by like a movie. And I think we've all done that with school books where you're halfway through a chapter and you're like, I actually haven't processed any of this. So there are certain things you can do to slow down. So as soon as you come across the words, you're like, Uh, I think I only vaguely understand what that is. Just pause, look it up, 
he might write the definition real small on the text somewhere and keep doing it. You know, and there's lots of tools you can do. Don't don't learn a million right off the bat, maybe three. Maybe the definitions, maybe keep an eye out for themes. So for example, a theme that we just mentioned is when God's word is compared to food. So if you start noticing lots of food language or comparisons, maybe pick a color and highlight those. You know, there's just pick a, a couple of things that you can do as you're reading. Um, another really helpful thing that you can do is to find somebody further along than you and say, hey, will you go through the book of John with me? People are really scared to ask that. I have always been very scared to ask that. But I can tell you as a person who has been asked that a few times, that it is deeply honoring and exciting. And there's nothing I love more than a young girl who says, can you read this part of the Bible with me? I want to know more. And I'm immediately like, of course, I would love to do that. Hey, hang on, Jean. Can, can you give me one minute? Are you want to say hi to Georgia? Hi. This is Greer. Hi, Greer. <laughs> All right, give How me a minute. How are you? Okay. Um, Buddy, give me a minute, okay? <laughs> he's so Greer's cute. watching. He's so cute. Oh, I love his little hair. I know, he's so cute. Um, he literally looks like a shrunken version of my husband. And isn't that like, precious? It is so cute. I can, I can just barely stand it. And, and a lot of times they have really similar outfits and I'm just like, I can't, I'm done. I'm out. This, I love this. DNA. Like God is so cool that I his know. fingerprint, you're like copy paste, but with both I of know. you together, like that's just like the sweetest thing. I know. I'm like, you are just such a hunk. I can't get enough of you. He's so cute. But, and he's watching Monsters University right now, so he was wanting to tell me about a funny part. You can tell him. Tell him I said this. Monsters <laughs> University is just like college. Tell him that's exactly. If anyone exactly asks like me that. what college is like, I say, go watch Monsters University. <laughs> that is the best and funniest thing I've ever heard. That's and then amazing. I laugh and then I'm like, ha, huh, not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Um, okay, sorry. I'm trying to think what we were saying. Um, themes. We were like, talking about themes. Yes. Oh, I know. I was saying that one of the best things you can do besides just reading it for yourself, stopping and defining things, keeping out for themes, any, any strategy that you might have done in an English class that forces you to slow down as you read, but inviting somebody to come alongside you and to read it with you is huge, so huge. And um, I think that we can have the courage to ask somebody a little bit older than us um, or a little bit more spiritually mature than us to do that with us and that's really how God designed the church to function is sometimes we think of Bible reading as this deeply personal one-on-one thing and I think it can be but we got to remember that you know in Jesus's day everybody didn't have a copy of the scriptures they didn't Mm -hmm. have that they would go to the temple they would hear the scrolls read aloud to everybody it was a very communal experience and so when you were inviting somebody else to study the Bible with you you are participating in a super long and beautiful, you know, spans the generations and the centuries practice of knowing God's word and community. So that can be a really beautiful thing. And I have always loved studying the Bible with people. Anytime I do, it does seem like it, it buries in my heart a little bit deeper than maybe it would have done on my own. So I think those are probably the best places to start. Of course, I hope this Bible study is a really helpful introductory thing because we just take 
Psalm 63, it's only 11 verses, but we spend nine weeks on it. So we go super deep. Ooh. And, yeah. And I don't, I don't think it gets dull because there's so much in there. But the neat thing is that it's pretty cool to spend nine weeks on 11 verses, but know that you're going to carry those 11 verses with you for your whole life. Yeah. And so I really am a huge advocate for super slow study because it's like your heart won't forget. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter and I spent, and well, my son too, my older son, we spent about six months learning Psalm 23, which it's only six verses. We probably, surely we could have done it faster than that, but we didn't. It took about six months, but I'm telling you, nobody in this house is going to forget it. Mm-hmm. And I would rather spend six months on six verses and know that when I'm 98 and I don't even know my own name, I'll know the Lord is my shepherd. Mm. So I think that that slow study can be a really helpful thing. And, and maybe that would help a beginner to think like, you don't have to read the whole Bible right now. Of course you want to do that at some point, but you don't have to do that right now. Why don't you deep dive somewhere and see what God will teach you and, and, and put that investment into a lifelong, you know, meditation on God's word in this one specific passage. That's so good. And truly, I think diving deep in a little area can be better than a long swim on the surface. And truly, that's something that people are like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. And a lot of people do that, which is super Mm -hmm. awesome. I myself have not done that yet. And that's just me telling you like it is, Caroline. I have not been able to in 365 days. But, and at first I used to feel like, really like there was a little shame that came with that, I guess, because yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm, I'm a failed Christian. I, I start mm-hmm. out every January. I get all the way through Genesis about mm, three fourths of the way through Exodus. And then, you know, life and school kicks back up and totally. And so truly I, I love that we can just dive deep and just truly have those words imprinted on our hearts because like we were talking about with journaling, how that has affected that and how the hairs are held in our hands. We're going to come out at 98 and, and truly know this Psalm. And I'm very pumped. Yes. Oh my goodness. And you know what? I have had that same feeling about like, Oh no, I haven't read the Bible in this certain way or this certain way. And one of the things that we, we can do sometimes is create, to-do list or checklist that and forget the gospel, you know, because our righteousness doesn't come from whether or not we finish that reading, that reading plan or whether or not we read it in whatever way the people who have discipled us think is the best way to read it. Cause there are a lot of ways to read it and all of them bring honor to God and all of them are used for our sanctification. And so I think that even as we read, no matter what reading plan or Bible study or not Bible study we're doing, that we remember the gospel, that our righteousness is secured forever in Jesus mm-hmm. and cannot be hustled for, even if we check every single one of those boxes. Yep. And so I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that has been an ongoing battle for me is, am I doing this the way I quote unquote should do it? When really the goal is to know God more and to love him better and to worship him more fully. You know, and there's no, um, there's no one, two, three perfect steps to that. There's lots of ways that you can know God better and love him more deeply and worship him more fully. 
That's so fun. And true, truly, it's making me think of like exercising. You know, people are like, well, what's your workout routine? Like, do you go to classes? Like, are you into bar or Zumba or yoga? Like, what do you do? But, and it's kind of like studying God's word. Girls ask me all the time and I'm like, well, here's what I do, but you don't have to do this. Right, right. And, and that's something that at first, when I would tell people that answer, I feel like that was like a very like, kind of shallow thing. It's like, oh, here, like do whatever works best for you. But it's true. Like with exercising, they say, you know, at least get your heart rate up, whatever you can do to get that cardio Mm -hmm. in. Same here. It's like, use God's word as your foundation, but whatever that looks like for you, do it. And so at at first for me, Caroline, I could only digest a verse, but now that we're talking about diving deep, that's okay. But now totally it is. Oh, and I just love that because now I'm able to expand upon one verse into like mm-hmm. a psalm and be able to understand, okay, who wrote this? What were they doing when they wrote this? Why right. did they write this? And it's right. there's so much more, there's so many more layers than between the words that you just see. And so yeah. it's so great. Well, and I think there are different seasons for all kinds of things because I'm, I can think of a friend of mine who wanted to get a, a good feel for the big story of the Bible. So she just said, I'm going to read this whole thing as fast as I can. Wow. And for her in that season and for, for what she was hungry for, which was a, a feel for the big picture, that was a really smart choice. Now that can't be for everybody. And, I'm, and there have been times in my life, I'm a deep diver. That's what I like to do. But I'm thinking like when my kids were newborns, I I really didn't have the capacity for that. And sometimes meditating on God's word meant, well, I have previously memorized this passage and I'm going to keep saying it to myself and saying it to myself and saying it to myself because nobody is letting me open a book. (laughs) Yes. And so there's a lot, we have to be very, I think we have to hold God's word and meditating on it, hold that concept in high priority, but be super flexible and, and hold it, hold the shape of it very loosely because different seasons of our lives will, will, will have different challenges and different opportunities. And if we get so set on, it has to look a certain way. We're setting ourselves up to feel pretty defeated when God's word is actually, man, it can be, it can be digested in a million different ways, which is part of the beauty of it. So and that's another good reason to study the Bible with people because it's fun to see what they do. And it could be at a certain time, that is the right thing for you to do. That's so good. I literally was going to ask you about that because I bet studying the Bible now with having three little tiny humans to keep alive looks so different than when you were in school and when you first fell in love with Jesus. That's right. That's right. It looks way different. And sometimes if I don't hold it loosely, I can be really mad and I can literally be mad at my kids and be like, why won't you let me read my Bible? Which I'm like, that's, you know, how ironic, how ironic is that? But that's truly how it can feel if you're trained, like this is how it's supposed to look. If I think all my scripture has to be a deep dive where I have all my pens out and I have all my resources and I'm doing my thing. Well, then when my kids are up all night and I can't get up before them and somebody needs to be held all the time, I'm going to feel like I can't have God's word in my heart, but, mm-hmm. but I can. And that's where we get to cash in some of those investments that we've made. You know, when I was pregnant with my son Greer, I decided to invest in future Caroline and in, in newborn season Caroline by memorizing Psalm 39. And it's one of the most powerful things I've ever done, mm. even to this day, 
to where if, if I just need a lifeline, I'll say to myself, Psalm 139. And there's been many times when I'm just, I'm completely in tears because I remember how good God is, how good his word is. And I, I wasn't going to have a chance to flip open the Bible and read it. And sometimes I can't even get to the app on my phone because so many people are screaming. <laughs> but, but there's some things that cannot be taken. And so hiding it in our hearts. And that's, that's really how I feel now about Psalm 23 also. Um, and that's been neat to get to do that with my kids, you know? And so, mm. I, I mean, there, there's just no bad way to put God's word in your heart. And there's probably, well, there probably are some bad ways to study it. It would be bad to study it out of context or make it mean what we want it to mean. Yep. If we're studying it with integrity, there's no bad way. And, and God will use it. God will use anything you tuck away in your heart now in this season. God's going to use it if you have 57 kids and they're all yelling for you, you know, and praise God for that. (laughs) That's so good. Yes, we can't compare our seasons. Like truly in each one of them, we just need to serve them with an open heart. And I love that because once we know him and he's in our heart, then we can start to live it out when we can't open up the pages. I just love that. Yes, yes. Oh, man. And it teaches you so much, I bet. Like, I don't have children, obviously. But like, when you have to cling on to that, okay, Lord, I need the fruit of the spirit of patience right now because we just spilled some Cheerios all over the floor and this one's, you know, spitting up on me and I just literally just need a shower. Yes. Oh, my word. It's so, it's so huge. It's so huge. That, this is why hiding God's word in your heart we say that and it sounds very churchy and very, I don't know, it, it just sounds churchy and good girlish, mm-hmm. but it's like your life. It's the lifeline. It's, it's, it's praise God that I have this with me no matter what. And, and I'm just so grateful. I mean, I cannot tell you how so many Psalms have been such a lifeline um, or even like I'm trying to memorize Romans eight and it's on the fridge. Mm, and I, I just remember that. there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And for a person who condemns herself all the time, I mean, what a blessing for that to be right on my fridge and, and frequently on my lips to where I can just say, no, there's therefore now no condemnation. And so, yeah, mm. I mean, God's word is it's too good. It's too good. It is. It's <laughs> better than it that so cake. Bad. That's what I'm saying. And who would have thought anything could be better than cake, but it really is. So good. And that's something like for me, like I may not have baby throw up in my hair, but I do have (laughs) like deadlines and assignments and people that are different than me that don't believe the same things that I do that, you know, Caroline, I walked on campus last week for the first time and it was so different that I like started crying and it was just like, I didn't realize that I was masking my emotions before they even told me to mask my face. And it was like, bro, like these tables are all six feet apart and only one person can sit at them. I need my people. And so to be able to say, Lord, I need joy right now because I know joy is not based on my circumstances, but I know that joy is found in Jesus. And I just, I need you. You are my rock and my salvation. So come save me in this moment. Oh my word. And you know what, Georgia, God's word has so much hope for this very moment because while we're Mm. so spread apart and the tables are moved apart, we get to look forward to a time of togetherness where God is in our midst, where he has gathered his people together and we're praising him together and there is no social distancing and there are no masks because we are just singing to God and we are together. I mean, Mm. togetherness is such a huge theme of the Bible. So 
when we find ourselves in our regular lives longing for something like that, we can say, how is Jesus the answer to this? And Jesus is the answer to togetherness because Emmanuel means God with us. Mm. God sent Jesus to be with us. So when we're longing to be with our people, we can pay attention to what we do have and what God will restore and redeem one day. So man, I mean, God's word, it just offers perpetual hope. I cannot believe all the things that can be applied to. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I hope I hope that when you have to see the table far apart, that you will remember the wedding feast of the lamb, the table that we will all be gathered around mm-hmm. worshiping God because it is painful. It's painful to see that because we know it's not supposed to be like this. Yeah. And God knows that he does. And God will, will make it as it should be one day. Mm, that's so rich. Oh, thank you for just speaking that. And it makes me so happy to know two things. Now, I have the Holy Spirit living inside me, so I'm never alone. And that God isn't surprised by all this. And so both of those things, just walking through the day to day is like, okay, I can do this. I can do this because I know him and he loves me and he's got the whole world in his hands. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. Oh, man, we all need that. Amen. Okay. Caroline, I got to tell you something fun. Okay. So I talked to our pals at Lifeway this morning, and we are going to do a giveaway of the leader kit for your study. Yay! I'm so so excited. Isn't that going to be so fun? Yes. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That's awesome. Thanks, Lifeway. Yes. Thanks, Lifeway. Okay. So (laughs) here's what everyone needs to do if that is listening. You need to go onto my page and see the newest post for this podcast episode. You need to follow Caroline Saunders and your Instagram is at writer Caroline. Go follow at Ryder Caroline and also Lifeway Girls and make sure you're all caught up with all the fun things on my page. And then just leave us a comment and we will be picking a winner soon. Yay! Woohoo! That's going to be so fun. I'm very excited. I love giveaways. It's so fun. Me too. What could be better? That's right. Well, y'all, thank you so much for listening. And Caroline, thank you for just being you and for writing this study, being so faithful to the Lord. And just for all the goodness that you just spread out through this amazing podcast episode. Well, thank you, Georgia. Thanks for having me. Keep being faithful and doing your thing. You are just sunshine and Disney princesses and Chick-fil-A. I just love you. I just love you. Y'all go get Caroline Saunders' new study, Better Than Life, today. And yes, have a good day. And we love you very, very much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear what your favorite part was. You can leave us a review here or send me a message on Instagram at I am Georgia Brown. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. More pep talks, words of wisdom, and fun conversations are headed your way soon.